coming up. And he sees us when we are not living with a mindset and practicing his presence. That's the big thing. Yeah. We need to practice the presence of God because he's there anyway. And that will allow us to make room for him. He's there, might as well acknowledge him. Might as well acknowledge that he's there. Yeah. And sometimes you just, you know, walking around the house or you're chilling, you know, hey, you know, just resting or you doing chores, whatever. Just, you know, every now and then say, Lord, I know you're here. I welcome you. you know, just acknowledge his presence. Practice the presence of God. That's what we ought to do. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. There are some things about God that every believer should always keep in mind. First of all, God is, was, and always will be. Join us for the message series, God Is, where Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn walk through some of the qualities of God that we can confidently put our trust in. Here's the seventh message in the series, The Omnipresence of God, Part 1. I trust that you are ready for the message today and that you've downloaded the message outline and have it in whatever format that you choose. Um, it is a fillable document. You can fill it out online or electronically, or you can just print it and use the old faithful pen or pencil. And so whatever it works for you, I would invite you to take notes, listen for what God is saying, and write it down to you, what he's saying to you, and write it down. And so we've been on this message series that has really been a blessing to me. Hopefully it's been blessing you as well. The message series is simply entitled, God Is. God Is. And in this series, we've had several messages. We talked about the transcendence of God, the goodness of God, the holiness of God, the immutability of God, the omnipotence of God, the omniscience of God. And today, our subtopic is the omnipresence of God. And we've declared some things in this series that, first of all, we can't fully understand God and nobody can. But God in his love and grace has allowed us to know some things about him. He's revealed himself to us. And we've also know that God, all these different qualities that we mentioned, these attributes, they all tie together. They're inseparable. And you hopefully are seeing the connectivity of these messages and the attributes that we've been covering. And today is no different. God's omnipresence is tied to his all-knowing ability, his all-power, his unchangeability, his pureness and holiness, and his simple, simply goodness and his transcendence over everything. It all ties together. And I hope that you are making the connection. And so today we're going to go in and look at God from another angle. And I trust that this will draw you to him and help you understand who our God is even deeper. So on your outline, uh, write this down. 
What is the definition of omnipresence? What's the definition of omnipresence? Again, it's a compound word. And we have omni, which means all. And then there's presence. We all know what presence is. That's just being here. When I think about it, I'm reminded of school. And when the teacher used to take role, y'all remember that? And call your name and you would have to say here or present. Some teachers only wanted to hear present. <laughs> you know, some would allow you just to say here. But you were saying, I'm here. <laughs> and um, I hope, you know, so it, it, when I was looking at this, it reminded me of that. Yeah. And what this is telling us that God is here and he's here all the time mm -hmm. and in all places. That's what it means to be omnipresent. He's yeah. everywhere at the same time. Mm -hmm. Look here what um, uh, definition we get here from Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible about omnipresence. It says, aspect of God's infinity in which he transcends the limitations of space and is present in all places at all times. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> he transcends time and space. So he's not limited by time, nor is he limited by space. Right. He's everywhere at the same time. That ought to just make you say, wow, you know, Lord, you are amazing. <laughs> that you are amazing. And then the Nelson's New Illustrated Bible Dictionary gives a definition, a theological term that refers to the unlimited nature of God or his ability to be everywhere at all times. His ability to be everywhere at all times. And it comes from his unlimited nature. His unlimited nature. So God is omnipresent. Look what Jeremiah 23, 23 and 24 says. Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God, a God far away? Right. He's, I'm going to pause for a second. He's raising a rhetorical question. Am I just nearby? and I'm not far away? And then he raises another question in verse 24. Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. Mm -hmm. So God is raising these rhetorical questions and saying, and the obvious answer is, Yes, he is a God that's near, but he's also God that's far. Yeah. Yes, he can see you wherever you go. I don't care how secret you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> and he feels, it says, he fills heaven with himself. Yeah. And he also fills the earth <laughs> with himself. Mm -hmm. Think about that. We were talking about in our other message about um, the universe and space and and the stars 
<laughs> and how huge the universe is and how many stars there are out there. Yeah. And God feels all of that. Mm -hmm. And he feels all the earth at the same time. Amen. That's the God we serve. Mm -hmm. This ought to make us go be in awe of God. One of the reasons I wanted to do this series and dive in like we're doing is so that you would reverence God more, that you would be more in awe of God. Mm -hmm. and, and that will cause you to love him more, serve him better, and everything just change your life was my hope and prayer for us as we deal with this. Yeah. So God is present everywhere with his whole being at all the times and no one can make God to make God leave uh, any place, <laughs> no matter how much you try. No one can escape the presence of God. Mm -hmm. So no matter how hard you try, you can't escape it. So you, the wise thing would be, since God is present everywhere all the time, you ought to make room for him because he's there anyway. Yeah, yeah. He's there. He, 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 sees, he sees us when we're neglecting him. Yes. <laughs> he's there watching when we could be spending time in his word or spending time in uh, service or a meeting with another uh, 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 fellow Christian. We, we can be doing his work. He sees us when we're, we could be doing it and we're not doing it. Yes. And he sees us when we are not living with the mindset and practicing his presence. Mm. That's the big thing. Yeah. We need to practice the presence of God because he's there anyway. And that will allow us to make room for him. Yeah. He's there. Might as well acknowledge him. Might as well acknowledge that he's there. Amen. And sometimes you just, you know, walk around the house or you you chilling, you know, hang, you know, just resting or you're doing chores, whatever. Just, you know, every now and then say, Lord, I know you're here. I welcome you. You know, just acknowledge his presence. Yeah. Practice the presence of God. Amen. That's what we ought to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, be on your paper. Write this down. God wants humankind to know and understand he's omnipresent. Mm -hmm. God wants humankind to know and understand he's omnipresent. You see, you can know if someone tells you something, you know it because you were told. Yeah. But you will understand it when you experience it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I emphasize that he just doesn't want us to know he's omnipresence. He want us to experience his omnipresence because yeah. then we'll understand. Mm -hmm. And somebody, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to give you some examples of how God showed his, that showed that he's omnipresent in some um, people's life. And then they began to understood, understand just mm -hmm. how omnipresent yeah. he is. Yeah, you got to know for yourself. <laughs> yeah, and, yes. and through experience. Mm -hmm. And hopefully as we go through this message, you'll be thinking about your experiences 
your moments of experiencing God's omnipresence. And I and hopefully that will give you a better understanding, a deeper understanding of how omnipresent God is. That is just not intellectual that you know it, but no, I've experienced it. Yeah. So one number one, God showed Jacob he is omnipresent. Mm -hmm. God showed Jacob he is omnipresent. Genesis 28, 10 through 16 says, Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Okay, I'm going to pause right there for a moment and give some context here. So Jacob had been blessed by his father, Isaac. And in fact, he deceptively got the blessing mm. because him and his mother partnered to trick his father into thinking he was Esau. And so he blessed Jacob with the blessing that was coming from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. And Esau had sold his right, his birthright mm. <laughs> to him, you know, gave his birthright away for a bowl of soup, basically. Mm. <laughs> And it's a whole nother story. I want to get too deep in it, but I want to give some context here. So Jacob had left what his family and he was going over um, to Beersheba and Esau was mad at him too. And it was talking about killing him. Mm -hmm. And so this is where Jacob is. And so Jacob is, has left, right? Yeah. And so in picking up in verse 11, we'll start at verse 11 again. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. Mm -hmm. Verse 12, he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on earth. So I want to take you to the scene a little bit. Jacob is not sleeping on your little comfy pillow that you have <laughs> on your bed. He laid his head on a rock. <laughs> yeah. You know, some of y'all might be saying, I can't sleep laying my head on a rock. Mm -hmm. Let me beg to differ. Because uh, God set this thing up that we have to sleep. So at some point, you might get through one night without sleeping on the rock, but eventually your eyes going to close, okay? Because mm -hmm. <laughs> right. God made us that way, that we have to rest. We need to sleep. We have to rest. Mm -hmm. And so you, 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 know, you might put a little grass on that rock to make it a little softer or something, <laughs> but Jacob went to sleep with his head laying on a rock. Mm -hmm. And he had a dream. He had a dream, his text tells us, in, in which he saw a stairway resting on earth and its top reached to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Mm -hmm. This is the story where you may have heard of Jacob's ladder. Yeah. Um, story about Jacob's ladder. This is speaking to it. Mm -hmm. Verse 13, there above it stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and, and your descendants the land on which you are lying. So God, in his dream, God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you this land. This place where you land on this rock is going to be yours. Mm -hmm. And verse 14 goes on to say, your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out 
to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. And so in verse 15, and I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. Okay, I want to pause for a moment here. So God made this promise to Jacob. And by the way, Jacob's name got changed to Israel. So this is Israel, the father of the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. And so um, just so you're tracking here. And God made this promise for Jacob, Israel, and his children on the land that he was going to give them. And, and so Jacob had this dream that affirmed that he was going to do that. And so look what it says here now in verse 16. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. Y'all see what Jacob admits to? Yeah. Remember, he left his family to go someplace else, the place where and where he knew he had had some experiences with God. In fact, his father had blessed him, gave him the blessing of God. Mm -hmm. And then he moved, goes to this new place, and he had that mindset. Y'all, y'all know when when um, at some point in your life you like had never been out of your city, or <laughs> <laughs> you know, you never been out of your state, or never been out of the country. You know, just imagine what that felt yeah. like when you get to go to a new place. So Jacob is going to a place he had never been, and so he experienced God where he was. Now he went to a new place, so he wasn't aware that God would be there too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so he had this encounter with God through a dream that made him say, surely God is in this yeah. place. Amen. And he says, I wasn't aware of it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware mm -hmm. of it. Amen. So God gave Jacob an experience mm -hmm. so that he would understand that he's an omnipresent God. Mm-hmm. And this blessed Jacob, Amen. blessed him big time. And when you think about it, you know, you even think about yourself when you uh, got out of the city for the first time or out of the town or out of the state. And then you learned some things, had some experiences that you had never had out of where you were. It changed your perspective. And here Jacob's having a changed perspective on the almighty God. And his omnipresence. Amen. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking that, um, you know, doesn't that sort of take, doesn't that sort of call, calls for us to be looking for God? Yes, we ought to. Because <laughs> I know we've been in, I, well, I'll speak for myself. I've been in some places and I've been like, you know, over my years and I've been like, what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> Lord, get me out of here because <laughs> I don't feel like you, this is not somewhere that where you belong, right? Uh -huh. So if we're not looking for God, we might get caught up in whatever's there that's not of God. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And as we were saying earlier, we need to practice the presence of God, God. no matter where we go. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, again, this message will take you there, will take you to a deeper place and sense yeah. of the need to practice God's presence everywhere we go. Yeah. So God showed Jacob 
an experience that helped him understand it. Mm-hmm. The second uh, person he he showed uh, gave an experience is God showed Moses mm-hmm. he is omnipresent. Yeah. God showed Moses he is omnipresent. Deuteronomy 4, 34 through 39 says, has any God ever tried to take for himself one nation out of another nation by testing by signs and wonders, by war, by mighty hand and outstretched arm, or by by great and awesome deeds, like all the things the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. So pause right here for a moment. Um, God is talking to Moses and trying to get him to understand how God, there's no one like God. All of the folk, all of the the things that people might call God because they grew up in a culture where they were, it was polytheistic where people had multiple gods. So they was familiar with the gods of the other people mm-hmm. and uh, around them mm-hmm. and all of that. But God was telling the children of Israel, there is only one God, Deuteronomy six, there is only one God. Yeah. And and now uh, Moses and, and Moses is leading up and trying, I mean, um, God is leading up trying to make, Moses understand and convey to the people, there's no God like me. I know you hear about the gods of these other people, but none of them are like me. So he says, has any of them ever did what I've done? I made a nation out of one nation, another nation out of one nation. I All the testing, all the wars, all the signs, all my outstretched home, all the mighty deeds I've done. No God has done this like what I've done. And then it goes, it continues to read in verse 35, you were shown these things so that you might know that the Lord is God. Besides him, there is no other. Mm -hmm. There is no other. And I want you to think about as we're reading through this, all that God has done in your life, Mm -hmm. all the mighty acts God has done in your life. All the wonders, all the battles he's brought you through, all the challenges he's brought you through, all the times he raised his mighty hand and lifted you out of danger, out of trouble. Think about that. As God is declaring, say, ain't nobody like me. There's nobody like me. We ought to be declaring the same thing. God, there's no one like you. I know what you've done for me. I know where you brought me from. I haven't forgotten. So think about that. And God is trying to cause Moses to think about that. He says, there's nobody like me. There's no other. And then verse 36, he reads on. From heaven, he made you hear his voice to discipline you. So God is saying, you heard my voice from heaven. And he's referencing when Moses was on the mount um, and, and, and God was in a cloud. And God spoke to him through the cloud. God was reminding Moses that I was in the cloud when you was on the mountaintop. Mm -hmm. And I spoke to you through the mountain, Mm -hmm. through the cloud on the mountain. And then verse 30, and then he goes on and says, on earth, in verse 36, he goes on and says, and on earth, he showed you his great fire and you heard his words from out of the fire. So now he's referencing when the bush was burning, but it wasn't being consumed and God spoke to Moses from out of the 
bush that was on the earth. So look at the picture here. God is saying, when you was up on the mountain in a high place, I spoke from a cloud. Now you're down, you were down at the earth and I spoke through a bush. God is saying, I'm telling you, I'm everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> I'm everywhere. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. Jesus says, you, ain't, you don't understand me. You, you're not fully understanding who right, I am. Right, right. You're not fully understanding who I am. And some of us aren't fully understanding who God is. Some of us are dealing with some situations and we think God's going to fix it a certain kind of way. And we, we're asking God for that way, not just asking God to fix it. Because God, you can fix it any way you want. But no, we got in mind a certain kind of way that God's going to fix this. It's a certain job I'm going to get for God to fix whatever I'm dealing with. It's a certain um, whatever I'm going to get to in order for things to change. God, God said, y'all, y'all not, you're, you're not fully understanding who I am. Thank you for listening. 